everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Ready PG. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Shortcomings, where we are shooting the shit about every episode of Sex and the City. Uh, I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I'm joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? You know, not well. This week we were chatting. It's been a weird week. It's, It's been a weird week. Energetically, I'm all off. Yeah. So just apologies to everyone listening right at the top. The, right at the I don't know top. what's going to come out. Yeah, we are, we've warned you. I listened to a few Dolly Parton songs last night and sobbed. Oh. So, fingers crossed, I don't, thankfully this isn't an emotional episode, so I don't, I won't cry. Hopefully I don't get angry and just storm, if you, if at any point it just seems Sam is monologuing, I've just closed the computer and left in a fit of anger. He's pulled a Ramona singer and left, left the set. I gotta go, gotta go. But no, hopefully everything will be fine. We're going to get into episode four of this podcast. So thanks again to everyone for listening. Um, Sam, I guess we got to get into this this news, which is um, exciting. You know, every week we try to talk about the Sex and the City cinematic universe. And I got a little article that came across my desk this week that they are they might already be planning a second season of And Just Like That. What do we think? I think my predictions that I made the other week to be very true. And also we should say that we are recording this before you guys are going to hear this in two weeks, two or three weeks. So they could have also already said they're doing a second season. So yeah. we're just... But we're in the past, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think that what they're doing, and I said this a few weeks ago, is that they're setting up to make the new four women that they've brought on to be kind of the new Second City, and they're, like, going to pass the torch. I don't know. Because, like, what if one of these women is dating, like, Aiden? I think, and you, do you think in that case, then, like, Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda aren't there anymore, or they're just doing guest appearances? I think in the second season, I mean, we'll see what happens in the first season of this show, uh, but the second season, I, I mean, I think it would be kind of interesting to... To follow to a different four of, group of friends. Yeah, and especially to make it more modern, to make it more, like, now... I mean, look, I would be into that. I don't know that Sarah Jessica Parker is um, looking to produce things that don't star herself. Okay. Kim Cattrall has entered the chat. I, okay. I didn't mean like that. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> no, mean I know. It, it wasn't no, like I shady. Know. I just meant like, I think that she, I think that this is like, a, I think she is having fun do, probably yeah. doing this. Did you see that cute um, Instagram, the Instagram of the cut? And then Cynthia Nixon po- uh, wrote on it, like, I've enjoyed working with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker for more than 40 years. Oh, and yeah. then SJP wrote back on it. It's like, they are so cute. They are so cute. And then we got pictures of the kids this week, the older children. We need to talk uh, about Brady. Yeah, we might have different opinions. Actually, I don't think, we, how, um, how, how old, old is, is that actor before we talk about him? <laughs> No, well, I know. wait a I was minute. Like... I, I, hold on. What I'm referring to is, is that I don't want to be unkind to a child. Are you oh, saying? I'm... Yeah. I, yeah. So let's let's check the age. Let's make sure this is appropriate. Ugly. I mean, look, Three... did I have to look up a few of the actors on Never Have I Ever this week? Yes. Oh, which one? 
Well, look, I think we all know that Paxton is pushing 40 and looks it. So I was not worried about being attracted to him. Yeah, he... But a few pictures came to my way of um, the other gentleman on the show. And I was like, ooh, he's looking good. He's 20. Valley of the 20-something guys indeed. So I just want to be clear. I am saying that I am, you know, think Brady could be a bit better looking. Sam is saying she would like um I think he's a cutie to know him biblically yeah I think he's a cutie um I'm excited to see Lily and Rose yeah and I guess people Um, are speculating that uh Brady and Rose are dating wouldn't him and Lily be in closer in age um I mean he's like two at least although I guess we don't know when they adopted Lily so it doesn't matter how old Lily was when they adopted her yeah I guess it really doesn't matter age is just a number I guess right said R. Kelly um Said the girl just Googling a child's age. Yeah. Like, I need to seek help. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, and just like that, um, I'm, and we'll see, like, if these 10 episodes come out and they're amazing, obviously I'm going to want more, so. Yeah. I have a little bone to pick. Okay. Let's get into whatever your bone is before we get into the episode. What is it? Is I see a lot of, like, hate on Sarah Jessica Parker's looks right now, or the women's looks, or... The fact that she's wearing Forever 21. Well, I was going to say shout out to Evan Ross Katz, who is... But it's really annoying to me. He's very angry about her dressing in, I think, Old Navy. I, but I don't understand that. Because Carrie always wore, like, high-end pieces, low-end pieces. Like, why does it fucking matter? Like, she doesn't need to be in head-to-toe, like, designer. That was never Carrie's thing. And people, if you are a diehard fan of the show, you know that. I think that it's so just that it. the clothes are... In the original show, and look, yeah. we don't I don't know enough about fashion. It always felt like she was wearing high end clothes or like vintage, but it never felt like she was wearing something like you were gonna go into like your local mall and get. Yeah, but it's never it doesn't look she doesn't pair the clothes. I'm starting to, to make it's it starting look to look like a something. little like your friend's teacher. Like a little pedestrian. Yeah. It's some right. some of them. Now some of them look great. I just think everyone is so used to like the same bullshit looks that we see on Instagram and like the same it's like people forgot what like real clothes and fashion and like real women looked like and people are just need to get the fuck I'm very it, excited very for the looks, but there are some of them I'm getting a little worried. However, Miranda continues every picture I see of her, she looks fantastic. She looks fucking phenomenal. They're great. doing her I love it. But then Natasha's looks, I will say, have been very strange. And it seems that she's filming a lot with Carrie. They're really palling around. Yeah, like I saw another image of her this week that I was like, oh, we're, they're still doing this. This is, of course, all going to come out and it's like a five second scene. Yeah, but in our heads, it's like it could be something totally different. But the Sex and the City cinematic universe continues to grow. I'm excited that we're looping in the kids. Me too. I, you know. I'm excited because then they have like different, they have personalities now. They're like real people. They're not just like coloring. I hope they know how to write for them and it's not like so, like so obvious. This is like older people writing for like It's like what older people think younger kids are doing. Yeah, like hello fellow youth. Yeah, like. I, I want it to be, I want it to feel natural and real. Which is a shocking thing to say about... I want the show to feel natural and real. A shocking thing to say about Sex and yeah, City. That was... It's never that. But if they make Miranda Hobbs do a fucking TikTok dance, I'll kill myself. Charlotte's definitely going to be on TikTok. You think? They had a shitter pants in the first movie. This She's absolutely going to be this doing a TikTok dance. And we'll get into it. Kristen Davis is a comedy genius. Um, should we get into the episode? Yes. 
so this is episode four, Valley of the 20-something Guys. I did just want to say right up top that in a New York Times Times talk, Sarah Jessica Parker said that this was her favorite episode of the show ever. Or or I should say she said it was emblematic of of what the show should be. Me and Sarah Jessica Parker agree. We'll get into it because I, I, I am loath to disagree with uh, our queen, SJP, mm-hmm. and I deeply disagree with her about this Which episode. I'm really but. fascinated to hear your thoughts on this episode because I I texted you and I was like, this is a great episode of Sex and the City. This is like, to me, the show. And I sent that, I'm sure that new emoji with like spirals on his eyes like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were not thrilled with my text. Yeah, but let's get into it in terms of a synopsis. After an unsuccessful thing with Mr. Big, Carrie decides to explore the world of 20-something guys... Samantha has a fling of her own with the 20-something. Miranda continues her own thing with the 20-something, Skipper. And Charlotte receives an offer she absolutely can refuse. Mm. Are men in their 20s the new designer drug? Yes, Samantha, Miranda, and I were all recreational users. But were we getting into something we couldn't handle? Okay, we were attracted to younger men for various reasons. But I couldn't help but wonder... What do they see in us? So Sam, yeah. that's our first I couldn't help but wonder. I know. It is like it felt one of the most instantly I- iconic. I know. It's like the mo- it's probably the most iconic phrase that has ever come from Sex and the City. I would argue it's when Samantha said it was it's delicious, but that might just delicious. be for me personally. Okay. Okay. Um, but what did you think of the kind of cold open? Let's start by chatting about that where um Carrie and Big Keep running into one another. I loved it. You did? Did you like that it opened with Once Upon a Time? Well, I missed him last episode. I like this idea that they run in very, they're different types of people. Like she's a writer and he's like some finance bro, but they always like run into each other and they're always like seeing each other out and there's like this chemistry with them that you just see on the screen that just like, this is why they are the couple. But didn't you think it was weird? I actually don't think that they would run. It was weird to me that they both know a wealthy lawyer and would be at this brisk. You think? It just doesn't seem like they would be, they would have friends in common at all. This to me, after doing, you know, lots of research on Candace Bushnell and Ron Galati, this felt very reminiscent of the relationship that she talked about with the two of them, how they like were in the same circle of people, even though they had very different like jobs and very you know they you'd think that they'd be in different like social strata but they really weren't they had very similar group of friends and that's I feel like this is just very from I don't know it felt like familiar like it felt felt nice all right I did want to just mention the episode opens with once upon a time again she's out of her fairy tale bullshit from the first episode and it's a nice mirroring moment, but it also just made me wonder, is Carrie Bradshaw a very lazy writer? Like, not four weeks ago or however long, she opened her column in the exact same way, if we're to believe <laughs> she's writing this column. It's like, come on, Carrie. Once by a time. Maybe she's just like, uh, she wasn't feeling the creative juices. Maybe she was that like week. me and didn't leave her house for four days. I don't know. That's true. We don't need to get into yeah. that. <laughs> uh, moving on. I did love that in the opening kind of um, montage, they inserted a clip of episode two when they're at that party um, and they have like that sexy moment in models and mortals and Mm -hmm. models. And I did like the idea that Carrie is slightly less certain than Big. Uh, She says a certain man and a slightly less certain woman. And I think that that's good to establish the kind of power dynamic between them that Carrie has oddly already like positioned herself 
beneath of him. Yeah. That, I felt that that was really important too. And I think this is when we really first get the real glimpse of their power dynamic and their relationship and just their relationship, how we'll see it play out for the next like... 20 years. 90 episodes. And they also meet at that bar and she spills a drink on him. And she is wearing what looks to be a tank top and everyone else is in business casual. It's just not who she is. There were just some strange looks. Carrie has never quite hidden what... She's never wearing the right thing for the right place, I think. But that's why she's a style icon. That's why she is who she is. Do you want to start by just chatting about what Carrie's up to in this episode? Well... She and Big decide that they're going to have a thing, not a date. Not a she date. She said when they, she was in line with her friends, you know, the, the other girls, she was like, yeah, he didn't use the D word. And in that moment, I was like, she's already, like you said, positioning herself very beneath him. Like she's waiting for him to confirm that it's a date. She's really looking into everything that he says and reading into it. Like she made her friends listen to a voicemail and like tried to decode like what it meant. And it's like, he's never, but that's... Sorry, but that's but that's who Big is. It's like he doesn't really speak in code. He's very honest in the things that he says. She just thinks that she just tries to understand a lot deeper than she really should. I don't know. There might be a little code, but we're going to have to fully get into that in, their, uh, in season two when Big is really on his bullshit. Oh, yeah. But I did think it was interesting that she they decide to go on this quote unquote mm-hmm. thing. And we're, it seems like Big invited her to have mm-hmm. a thing but that perhaps she chose this location. And so it's interesting to me that she would choose a location, like a party where all of her friends will be. So it's almost like she's aware that there's a chance he might not show up. She wants this buffer. She's, it's a very strange choice to decide like, oh yeah, I want to have my first date or thing with this man. But 100% my three best friends need to be around. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. And at a location where we're not going to be able to talk. Yeah, we're going to be in a really loud, crowded bar. Because I think she was setting it up in case it failed. Like, she was like, okay, like you said, in case he doesn't show up, then I'm going to be fine. I'm cool. I'm not going to be embarrassed because I'm not going to be sitting somewhere by myself. Because he, he said a thing not a date. So she really takes that thing to heart. She's like, this will not be a date. But he doesn't show up and Samantha decides to introduce Carrie to Sam. It bothers me to no end that they couldn't come up with a different name for him because now we've got you, Sam, Samantha Jones, and Timothy Oliphant, Sam. It's like, what's going on? I can't fucking tell you how disgusted I was when I, love I watched her grab his tongue. Okay, first we just need to give it up for 90s, early 2000s icon, Who Timothy Oliphant. Who is in another episode, right? Oh no, he's in Mindy Kaling's show, The Mindy Project. Yes, I was yes, going to say Star of Screen 2, First Wives Club, The Mindy Project. He has a very similar role on The Mindy Project. That's why, okay, that's why my head went there, because I was like... Does he come back later in this? But it's Mindy Project. Okay. I'm sure there are people at home screaming that he's been in like actual classy things, but I'm going to give him Scream 2, The First Wives Club, and The Mindy Project. Those are my main touchstones with uh, Timothy. But uh, they meet, and what did you think of I thought he was fun, but I'm also 20-something, so like I know I've met guys like this before, and they're just like a good time, but I like... Post, I mean, we're still in COVID, but after going through this past year. We're never getting out. Uh, hell on earth, uh, truly. Uh, when she grabbed his tongue. It did make me, it was a little worrying. You sick fuck. 
you are touching this man's tongue. And then Big walks up, which reminds me in a future, are we allowed to talk about Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I know exactly okay, what you're okay, going to okay. say. And don't, say don't, don't, don't say it because that's a very pivotal moment and we still have not established whether or not we're spoiling things. We're really not sure. We're not sure. Please let us know if you yeah. want us to spoil things. We don't know, but so right now we're being very careful not to. But what you, I know exactly yeah. what you're going to reference, and um, we're going to talk about that for like seven years when but, we get to it. So she grabs his tongue to look at his tongue ring, which felt very low on the tongue. I don't know any. I will say so. I Sam and I, re, Sam Bush and I, because we got a lot mm-hmm. of Sams here. Rewatched each episode multiple yeah. times. And I watched it this morning. And what I will say is that this was the first time I can never remember exactly. I mean, we I, we see Carrie turn 35, I think, in season three. So she's pretty close to my current age mm-hmm. right now in the show. And this is the, the first time I'm watching the show at basically the age Carrie is. The idea of dating a 20-something man is disgusting. You wouldn't date a 28-year-old. Well, first of all, they're very clear to only refer to them as 20-something. 20-something guys always know the really important B people. Busboys, bouncers, plus they have cute butts. Mm. So I'm thinking 25. He's probably 25. I was like, can we please situate exactly how old this Mm -hmm. man is? We'll get to his apartment later, but I thought he was a fresh 22 with the way that place looked. Oh, yes. It... It felt very much like the men, the women on Real Houses of New York take home. Like, they felt that young. But I just, that was the first time today I realized, oh my god, I am at this point Carrie Bradshaw's age. And doing this podcast, I will probably age to the age she will be in the revival. (laughs) But she ends up making out with him all night. Five hours. And completely did, five hours. That's exhausting. yeah, you cannot catch Fuck me on these streets making no. out with a man. For five hours, I would be so tired. Well, she did look quite sleepy yeah, in the she, morning, so. I mean, I just was like. And she needed her morning Marlboro Light. I've never smoked, but the idea of smoking first thing in the morning just is like, whoa. Feels like, I'm already really dehydrated in the morning. Um, but then did you notice uh, the awful, classic awful Carrie? She lies and ditches oh. Miranda on the street. To go help him shop at Banana Republic. First of all, would that man even shop at I, Banana, Banana Republic? Republic? Did it have a different vibe in 1998? Was it more like... Uh, what's, how would you describe Banana Republic's vibe now? I would describe it as like white guys who work at like internships. Yes, like that is where you go to buy your first pair of like interview pants. Before you realize where you get where I am in my career, which is like I'm showing up and whatever the That's fuck I want. Move. Power move. Unless someone from work is listening to this, and then I respect yeah. everyone who works there. No, but I another part where you bring up t- typical Carrie behavior is when Charlotte calls her. And she's like, what do you want? I was like, you're a bitch. We're going to spend quite a bit of time getting to that eventually, because we this while I did not love this episode, the centerpiece of it is an iconic Sex in the City moment. moment. Like, I really, like, we yes. finally got, I feel like in this episode, we got good storyline with all four women. We got Mr. Big. We got a lot of sex talk. A lot of talk that probably in 1998 was, you never have seen women talk about this. We'll, we'll get to it. But, um, so as you mentioned, Carrie has another thing with Mr. Big. And speaking of potential boyfriends... Later that week, the crossword puzzle asked me to meet him for a drink blank. Not quite a date, five letters, starts with a T. 
She does a cute little crossword. I love that moment. I know, me too. But then she arrives to the date, and we meet Mr. Marvelous. What'd you think of him? I hate him. Gorgeous. What? I thought he was so cute. Chris, he's miserable. But like an older gentleman. Now, did I love when he was like, my bitch wife took all my money, and now the second bitch is trying to get my money? I was like, oh boy. No, but I've met men like this. I I know a lot of them. they overshare. And, like, call their ex-wives bitches. And you're just like, whoa. I, I'm just talking aesthetically. If he strolled through succession, I think we'd all have a thrill. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. But how fucking pissed would you be if you thought you had a date with this guy that you really liked? A and thing. Mr. Marvelous But she did what, look, the last thing, Big showed up and she was touching a man's tongue. Okay, you're right. All he right. did was bring his heartbroken friend to a familial dinner. Yeah, and again, I think that highlights that there's always a lot of miscommunication. And I think they're men. both playing games. He because he yeah. could have called and told her. Yeah. But um, I mean, Carrie, like she takes a sip of his whiskey stuff. or probably scotch, actually, mm-hmm. and oddly decides to buy them a round of drinks. Which, like, girls, ladies, gay men at home, never spend your own money on wealthy men. But that, she probably felt so cool doing that. I know, but then the bitch had to walk 42 blocks and $400 shoes. 42? How many miles is 42 blocks? Uh, too many. 40 too many. But she has her own abso fucking lutely moment, um, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, one of the rare times Sarah Jessica Parker curses on the show, um, because I think she had in her contract a certain amount of times, and oh. also a no nudity clause. Right, which we know. Um, and I can't wait to discuss, I think, the most iconic moment where she curses in the elevator. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. But we can't get into again, it. But we don't know if we can discuss but, whew, the, that elevator things. moment where she's using a phrase and then it shifts. Okay. I'm we'll titillated. Totally, we're just talking about it. We'll really shine during season three and four. I just gotta tell this you, podca- guys, if you don't like this podcast we're now, shine. that's fine because when we get to three and four, Chef's Kiss. You're going to see a whole different side. We're going to be, the fights are going to be bigger. I'm probably going to honestly cry during an ep- several episodes. Probably. Um, because right now we're just, this is just for jokes and laughs right now. Yeah. So she ends up meeting, uh, she ends up uh, going home with Sam. And be, oh, we should also mention, right, that the whole metaphor throughout this episode is, is that these 20-something men are like drugs. So they're making out, and she says the high, she, you know, her tolerance for the drug of 20-something men have gone up, so she now has to go a bit further, so she decides to go home with him, Mm -hmm. and she wakes up in the harsh light of day, and what can only be described as a nightmare. Chris. What'd you think? I related to that so heavily. I've been there. I've been there. I've been to that apartment. Like, I, it, I flashed to like. I a, fully dated someone who had a blanket as a curtain. Sonia Morgan style? No, like it was like. He Didn't she hang her blankets at one point? No, she hanged her monogram towels. Yeah, that felt different. That felt a little bit. Why wouldn't you just upset? not have curtains? Great <laughs> questions. I would choose Great to questions. not have but, curtains before I hung a before I hung a like a bed but sheet. Like, We've all been to, like, a frat party, unfortunately, like, where there's no toilet paper. Like, I knew a girl that would bring her own to- roll of toilet paper to a frat party. Because she's like, I know there's not going to be any. Was she sleeping with Was she sleeping with a guy who was there? Mm, it's a little fuzzy. Okay. Um, I, it, but the floors just... were always sticky, and, like, he used the toilet paper. F- he used 
toilet paper for a coffee filter. I mean, I have definitely been there, right? When you go home with a guy and it's very sexy the night of, and then you're really not, you're drunk, you're not paying attention, and then you wake up and it's like, you live here? And by the way, I should also say, I'm certain men have probably felt the same way about my home because I lived in a house in my early 20s that didn't even have heat in the winter. I mean, it was a shock. However, we did keep it pretty clean in there for what it was. The thing is, is like, you can have like, like right now, I'm like not loving the place that I'm in. I am yeah, you basically live in the outdoors. Yeah, There's I fucking just... Jumanji over there. <laughs> I know, but I keep it clean. I've also never had a man spend the night here. Ever? No. You're you're okay. I've never We're had gonna a take man a little bit of a detour. You're more of a you go to their place kind of girl. Yeah, because I also live in a studio apartment, and it's just like, and I have a cat, so it's like, I'm fine with Barb meowing at five in the morning, but they might not be fine with it, so like, I would just rather not. We are in the rare place where we agree. I actually love to go back with someone, and because it puts, I feel it's much easier for me to have the agency to leave than requesting you to leave my home. Yeah, or like give you the signals like, okay. But I have had to say basically a Meredith Grey of like, look, I'm going to go take a shower, and when I get back, I'd like you to be gone and all my things to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, we both agree for once that it's a rare occasion on this podcast that like we've both woken up in situations where we're just like, oh. And I also God. love that his kind of aloof sexiness that worked in that weird red club is so different in the morning when she's God. not like... When he's talking about his, like, monologuing about his dream and his hands, it's so funny. I had these big hands. Like, big aluminum hands. But it's, like, it's not that different than the man he was before. Like, he is a weirdo who's going to say, like, I want to show you my tongue. Yeah, it's just in a different light. Carrie leaves, and she decides to go shoe shopping. She's wearing your favorite coat. It's just so fucking raggedy looking. I, I love it. I think it's iconic. I I get how it's iconic. Like, I 100% agree. I just personally think it looks so dirty. And I know Carrie just throws that thing on the floor. And Absolutely. Just she's, not, in it. she's not uh, taking good care of her things at this point in her life. No. But she no. runs into Mr. Marvelous and his date. And Big is under the little table. She helps him solve his crossword puzzle with the word hinge. It was so sexy. It is. Although I did find their energy actually to be a little more bantery here, which yeah. hasn't necessarily been their energy quite yet. I still liked it, but it felt a little... It felt more like witty and flirty. Yeah, and whereas usually it's just kind of like palpable, their attention. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, does she yet have Mr. Big figured out? We don't know, but she can certainly help him with their crossword. And it's almost mm-hmm. as if... In this moment, their power dynamic has somehow become a bit more balanced. He asks her out. Um, She says, give me a call instead of kind of being eager. Although I do love the ending where she's the girl who can't help but turn around. As I walked away, I had a thought. Maybe all men are a drug. Sometimes they bring you down. And sometimes, like now, they get you so high. Damn. It would have been so cool if I hadn't looked back. What did you think of the ending? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a great episode, especially for season one, which isn't my favorite. You know, I I thought it was a really fun episode. But that's how the episode ends with Carrie. And now let's get into it. Let's get into um, Queen Charlotte, her first kind of 
in some ways her her debut into the show. Mm-hmm. What a debut. And what a debut. So we see her at the beginning of the episode. She is dating a new man, Brian. Did you know who Brian was? What like do you who mean? He, like yeah. an actor? No, I never know. This is a bit of a journey. The actor okay. is Josh Stomberg, and he was in, if you know, Marvel isn't my ministry in particular, but he was in WandaVision during the pandemic. But he was also in that show, oh. The Affair, which did you watch that on Showtime? I know it had Carrie Russell in it, right? No, that's The American. Or no, that's The American. Which was on FX. <laughs> no, The Affair. The Affair? I know okay. what that is. Yeah, it has our future Prince Charles on it, Dominic Monaghan. Um, okay. And he was on that show. But for all my NPR heads out there, Brian's mom is Susan Stromberg, uh, one of the first founders of NPR and the former host of All Things Considered. Um, this podcast is very classy. So I just wanted to... Yeah, you really amaze me every I just day. wanted to get that out there. But uh, so she is dating Brian, who she says has looks, money, and manners. All three of the things she needs and is going to buy one of her paintings. So uh, Charlotte is career-focused and ready for love. And she really seems to like Brian. But then Carrie get, is getting ready for a date with Big, wearing that blue dress. Um, and she gets a call from Charlotte who needs her to help her advice, Carrie's advice. And Carrie kind of brushes it off. She's like, what do you want? And then you, you don't know what Charlotte says in the moment, but Carrie's like, I'll be right there. Yes. And we find that he has requested anal sex. Meet me in front of your apartment in 10 minutes. Okay. Words are essential. Tell me exactly how he worded it. We've been seeing each other for a couple of weeks. I really like you. And tomorrow night after dinner, I want us to have anal sex. Now, Carrie, dizzy, dizzy Carrie, against Charlotte's (laughs) will, has somehow enlisted Miranda and Samantha. Now, I was also thinking, there's no texting during this time. Did she get off the phone and instantly call them and say we're coming over? Like, how did she get them, like... I do love this idea that it was like, okay, we're dropping everything and we're getting in this cab. Conference call in the taxi. Um, but I do wish she had at least asked Charlotte whether or not, you know, she wanted those two there. But I think Charlotte, I mean, you know, they're a group of girlfriends. Like, you kind of share everything with each other. That's true. About one But another, it's a classic. Usually. Look, guys, this is our first iconic Sex in the City scene. I mean, this is... It this was. This is played in... If when the clip package is rolled on the show forever, there's this scene is always going to be a part of it. It's mm-hmm. um, well, no, I guess I, I mean, guess our first else... iconic moment is absolutely from the pilot. Well, yes, but this was probably the first moment we got to see women talk about sex in this way. Yeah, because I was also thinking, right at this point in the show, there aren't a ton of sex scenes in the show. They're not necessarily no. um, you know, blowing Kim Cattrall's back out every episode. As they will eventually. Right. But, you know, this is frank talk about uh, something that is being handled as if no one has ever done it before. I love the different women. I mean, I've had this conversation with my friends. I mean, look, it's a pretty clear and important part of my having sex. So it's like, I don't know why we have to handle this as if it's like, woo, it's this taboo thing. But I love that, you know, we have the different perspectives. Miranda's absolutely focused on the power dynamics and what you might lose and how that's going to work. It's all about control. If he goes up there, there's going to be a shift in power. Either he'll have the upper hand or you will. Now, there's a certain camp that believes whoever holds the dick holds the power, but hello, you're driving. The question is, 
If he goes up your butt, will he respect you more or respect you less? That's the issue. No, no smoking cap. Sir, we're talking up the butt. A cigarette is in order. Yeah, and I love when she yells at the taxi driver. She's like, turn around. <laughs> this is a private conversation happening in a taxi. By the way, spoiler alert. Um, so hit that little button. But you know that taxi driver, he comes back in the move, first movie. He yes, does. So we love him. Um, I lo- we love a That's one back. of my favorite little callbacks that he's a taxi driver in like Carrie's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Samantha gets in and clearly right as always she's just like look i'm just saying with the right guy and the right lubricant (laughs) (laughs) what was that a preview (laughs) it's a perfectly fine sexual desire it's by the way it is also okay to not necessarily be interested in it obviously Obviously, I'm not interested. I don't think you need to share that with um, all the straight men who are listening to this podcast and might want to date you one day. Mm, no one wants to date me. <laughs> we also know that only uh, gorgeous women and gay men are listening to this. Obviously. And my parents. Uh, shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just sounds like so annoying. It sounds like so much work. Uh, just it's And God knows me. sex should never be work. And you should just lay there. No. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying like I mean we don't have to get into like the graphic. No, we we don't, and we will not anal sex. But I, from what I've heard, there's a lot of preparation. Yes. I don't want to do any of okay. that. It doesn't feel sexy to me. But obviously, you know, so they have this council. They have the great. It ends, of course, with that great punctuation, a preview, mm-hmm. which is so funny. The car like like hits a road bump or something. Charlotte decides not to have anal sex with him. And he says, can't we just do it the regular way? Yeah, he's like, okay, it's not that. He's like, it was just a suggestion. We don't have to do that. Like, it's not that serious. Which kind of, again, highlights how women sometimes can feel about sex and talk about it. Like, oh my God, he wants me to do this. What do I do? What do I do? And they overthink everything. And then he's just like a dude that just like wants to put it in your butt. And it's fine if he can't. Kristen Davis is so funny in her little monologue there about not wanting to do it and why she can't because people won't marry Mrs. I don't want to be Mrs. Up the Butt. And I love her little, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and it's so, uh, it's, um, it's in some ways I think, you know, she has many great moments, but when we were looking to um, put together the trailer for this podcast and we wanted four quotes from each of the woman, women, that is the quote we chose for Charlotte. So... I think they have figured out finally something to do with her, and she's she rose to the occasion. I agree. And I liked the moment where they all laughed in the car together. It felt like, okay, now we're really seeing four good friends. Yes, absolutely. I liked that a lot. Now, Samantha. She doesn't really have anything going on. Yeah, Samantha, I mean, again, she's just kind of the sexually free one. We know that she's down to clown, you know. She's, she's having great sex with John. Hello. What's wrong? No, I mean literally. I have been fucked every way you can be fucked. If you keep talking like that, I'm gonna have to charge you by the minute. But after one of their nights, you know, he notices and says that she has the cutest little wrinkles in her neck. Would you think of him pointing that out? And is that man still alive? I would literally lose my mind. This reminds me of a story my friend just told me about her boyfriend. There, I guess... (laughs) Should you be sharing this? Men... 
Yeah, because I mean, it's happened to me as okay. well. But because it's like a thing. Men call them uh, uterus pouches. Excuse me? Yes, this is a thing going on right now where men think the uterus pouch is like a cute thing. And they'll say and to your neck, like about your neck? It's, listen, no, it's like a, it's like the little tiny, like little piece of like fat that's like right where over your, where your uterus is. Like, you know, like you got a little tummy, but it's like even women with like the flattest stomachs in the world have. Not all of us go down there. No, it's like even women with really, really flat stomachs. Like even they have like this. Oh, this is your stomach. I thought you were talking about like your vagina. No, I'm not talking about my vagina. Okay. I'm talking about like your stomach. Hi, mom and dad. There's this little tiny, yeah, there's this little tiny pouch like right under your belly button. Usually that's where your uterus is. And men are talking about it recently, calling it the uterus pouch and how they think women with them, like with the uterus pouches are really sexy. And I guess this guy looked at my friend and was like, yeah, I love your uterus pouch. I, you would never see me again. She was like, I want to kill myself. I'm going to have to do some deeper research. Do you get what I'm saying? I I don't. I'm going to have to do some deeper research. It's like the same thing as a guy saying like, oh, I love the wrinkles in your neck. It's like not something you really want brought attention to. So if you have a uterus pouch, you just don't want to talk about it. No, because it's usually not a, like you don't love it. This isn't something you flaunt. And by the way, I want everyone to know I've grown like seven uterus pouches during the pandy. Same. So, and I don't want nobody mentioning mine either. Like, or like, if you're ever like spooning, or if a guy is spooning you, and they like hold your belly. That's nice. It's awful. Although I did love when Carrie says earlier in the episode, and then he spooned me, as if to say like, I guess older, like men in their 40s aren't going to do that. So, I guess there's, to me, there's the appeal of 20-something guys right there, if they're going to spoon you. Spooning you, just don't hold my belly. Yeah. Keep everything Don't above cradle my fucking belly. Above the nips, please. Uh, yeah, it was just sick. But I, yeah, so I, I felt I felt Samantha deep. And then they say she decides to basically give up on twenty somethings. There, now, mm-hmm. that's the end of Samantha. And with even less to do, Miranda. Basically, the whole thing is is that Miranda is j- dating Skipper. It's to remind us that they're still fucking. They're and she's dating a younger guy, yeah. and she's. Did you like Skipper playing basketball? Hated all of it. I hate him so much. And when he goes, they didn't have any martinis for you, so I got you a rum and coke. Like, why the fuck would a woman who drinks a martini want a rum and coke? Well, do you think he... I don't think he. Miranda had asked for a martini. I think he's... Oh, wait, no, she... She did. He says, I want tried to... He's like, they were out. Also, LOLs, how are you out of martinis? The bartender was obviously just lying. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> What, what else do you fucking But want? Miranda, also, who doesn't like a rum and coke? Me? I, mean, I don't love them. They're not my first. Well, there we go. I guess neither of us. Yeah, but that's another thing where Miranda's just like, oh my God, this fucking guy, Skipper. But she's just so mean. She's just like, it's. She is mean, but she hates Just him. drink the rum and coke, Miranda. He tried. He paid for your drinks. By the way, that's New York City. 100% those drinks cost $20. This is true. I don't know. I know we hate... I know you hate Skipper, but he's like... He's trying. No, but she does... She does come across really harsh yes. with him. Like, and not in like a really amazing, like powerful way. It's like this very like... Well, she's right. Like there's a... Sometimes. She's mean. She's just being mean to him. <laughs> Okay, yeah. And, and she, is, and she right. knows she can get away with it because he's weak, which 
frankly, you know, in my life, I would I would rather you be mean than weak. Like, I, I can't do weakness. I But that's what they're, I think, trying to set her up for is this idea that she doesn't want a guy that's like a yes yeah. guy. I don't want a yes guy. They're so boring. So that's the episode. Um, what did you think of the fashion? Very insignificant. I Like very nothing going on. I did like that we saw Charlotte's bedroom. I always love seeing the women's homes because I feel like it very highlights their different personalities. She's got... Like Charlotte's is cream, white sheets, like white, 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 cream, cream, cream. And then Carrie's is very like... Uh, I don't want to say the word eclectic because it's not that eclectic. It's just like there's more personality. There's clutter. It's also clutter. Like it's not as um, organized as the, it's certainly, I don't think we've seen Samantha's apartment yet, but we will eventually. Um, It's also not as adult, right? Like the three of them have very like kind of stately apartments if if memory Mm -hmm. serves. Although Samantha's is basically just one big bedroom. Well, eventually it is when she moves to the meatpacking district. But I really hate the the first bed we see of Samantha's. Oh God, it's awful. I hate it with those red sheets. With the gold phone. I did like the blue. I did like the blue dress that she wears throughout the episode for most of the episode. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was very funny that um, Sarah Jessica Parker is doing a good job of ensuring that the jacket is closed because if she didn't, Big would be aware she's wearing the exact same dress that he saw her the night previously. So during their entire conversation, mm-hmm. it's like cinched. Yeah, she's like, you're not seeing what I'm wearing. Also, she looks fairly good for waking up at that shithole apartment. Yeah, she took a whore's bath, to quote uh, horse bath. my beloved happy endings. It was a real whore's bath. Whore's bath? Uh, yeah, David, I did take a whore's bath, okay? I had a one-night stand, and I didn't have time to shower. So did I rub some dryer sheets on my pits and splash some water on my hush in the bathroom of an all-bon-bain? Yes, I did. I'm sorry that I'm a modern-day single woman who enjoys sex as much as a man. Sue me. Um, so who was your favorite man this episode? We met, of course, Sam, John, Mr. Marvelous, Brian, and Sam's roommate. We also had Skipper and Mr. Big come back into our lives. Who'd you like? Right, but I won't, I won't say Mr. Big every episode. I have to pick someone else. I mean, you don't have to. I don't know. I thought Sam, I thought Sam was fun. I'm actually going to go with Brian. I thought he was cute. And um, I love that when Charlotte laid down the line, he wasn't upset. He just said, um, all right, let's fuck the regular way. Yeah, he was like down. He was like, okay, girl. And then um, I'm sure they probably broke up because she could never get over that. Never. But I also like Sam because I like that he's himself the entire time. Absolutely. He's very self-possessed as most 20-year-old white men are. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any hot takes? I'm sorry I can't, don't hate me. I'm sorry I can't, don't hate me. I mean, I did the coat last week. I fucking hate that coat. My I'm sorry I can't, don't hate me of the week is probably... I don't think I have one. I really like this episode. I do. And mine is, is that Sarah Jessica Parker is a goddamn fool for thinking that this is the best episode of Sex and the City, for thinking it is the most emblematic of what the show is and could become, because the clear winner of that is season two's La Dolor Esquise. It is where the show became what the show is. It's where everything changed. It's where people stopped talking to the camera, although I don't think they did that in this episode. It's It was the pinnacle. It's what started it. It's where we got everything. It's where she wrote a monologue for the ages 
that we will get to and break down for 20 minutes. She should know better, and I'm mad at her. But I think for at the time in 1998... She said this She said this in 2016, saying... No, I know, but at the time, I'm saying this episode was a very big deal. You had four women talking about anal sex on a television show. La Dolore Esquise is where Sex in the City becomes Sex in the City. I will die on this hill, okay. and Sarah Jessica Parker should be taken to the red table. That's how wrong she is for her hot take. And that's my hot take. I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate me for it, though. And what would you rate this episode? A four. I thought this was a flop. A flop? A flop. It just, it didn't, it did nothing for me. And by the way, guys, I watched it eight times. I would rate this episode a 6.5. Again, with your low ratings (laughs) for things that you spent all this time defending. Because I just know that I know what a 10 is, and this is not that. You you can't see the show in a silo. You've got to rate it against itself. I'm just looking at this as like an episode of TV I stumbled upon, and it's a flop for me. I can't do that. I just can't. I wish you could, but you can't. I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. Yeah. And I don't. Well, guys, we did it. That's another episode of Shortcomings. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 1, Episode 5, The Power of Female Sex. BT Dubs, I have no memory of that episode. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip. We've got TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast. And of course, Hot Off the Mess. Sam has been doing some great work over there. You've been releasing, I feel like, more episodes than ever. I do two week of Hot Off the Mess. Feel free to follow us online. You can find me on Instagram at clewis1219. Sam, where can people get at you? At Bravo Historian on Instagram. All right. Well, that is our episode for the week. Bye. Bye. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, Now, Jerry, it's over. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. That new doctor is drop-dead gorgeous. Please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms.